This is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bacon. This is the place where people from all walks of life share their anxiety stories to remind you that you are not alone. If you have an anxiety story you'd like to share, contact us at anxietycanada.com slash ouranxietystories. Hi, this is John Bateman, and you're listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast. And today, my guest is a parent and resident with Family Smart, Marlies McRoby. How are you doing? I'm doing all right today. How about you? I'm doing just fine. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Podcast is Our Anxiety Stories, and I'd like to ask you, what's your anxiety story? Um, I don't think that I knew that I had anxiety for most of my life um, until my own son started having challenges and I was learning about what he was facing. I started putting pieces together and going, oh, geez, like, so maybe it wasn't typical to be afraid when I was 11, 12, 13 years old to be the only one left awake in the house. I used to creep up the stairs to my mom's bedroom and check the light to see if her light was still on. And I do that three, four, five times a night after I heard her go to bed. And, uh, you know, is she, is she still awake? You know, are you still awake, mom? Are you going to be reading a little longer? How much longer do you think? And just being afraid to be the only one left in the house awake, I just thought that that was a quirk or something. So um, pieces like that, I, I look back on and go, oh, I was, I was a little tightly wound as a kid, even. <laughs> <laughs> Tightly wound. I like that. Yeah, well, it's interesting. A lot of people that I've spoken to, um, their their first introduction to them uh, realized they have anxiety. It it often comes up vicariously through their children, mm-hmm. and that's obviously something that happened with you. So you know, when you when you look back and you reflect upon your experience, you know, uh, having I, I I guess like I, well, I guess let's ask. So how did your child first start exhibiting signs of anxiety and and how did you figure that out? Um, Well, for him, anxiety was just a piece of the puzzle. It was um, the, for him that he had huge behaviors at, at, um, at school, at daycare. um, And that really started us on the journey to finding out what was going on. I mean, I knew I wasn't a perfect mom, Mm. um, but I knew I couldn't be messing it up as badly as his behaviors were showing up in school. And um, so that was almost good in some ways that the behavior was so big because it made people pay attention and uh, helped us to realize and it was through that learning about ADHD oppositionality learning about anxiety mm-hmm. um, and for him his anxiety sort of fed into the ADHD pieces mm-hmm. fed into the oppositionality pieces and um, he would have big meltdowns at school and at daycare. Um, yes so the meltdowns um, if you don't mind me asking what did those meltdowns look like were they sadness were they anger you know how how did it manifest it was anger it was anger he'd throw furniture he'd throw desks books they'd have to evacuate classrooms uh we had to have safety plans in place for when um this the fire alarm would go off when they had fire drills at school we had safety plans we had safety plans for if there was a substitute teacher um so yeah, lots of lots of big behaviors. He got suspended from daycare when he was four and a half years old. Wow! I, I laugh not because it's funny. I laugh because it was so shocking. I didn't know that that was even a thing that that could be done. Um, yeah, I, I just want to say that I don't think laughter discredits anything. I think it's how we often 
kind of have to deal with it. Um, yeah. Because the other method, the other, the other ways of kind of looking at it can be really a difficult way of looking at things. But um, so what was it you that kind of, you, obviously did, did you pick up on the issues when he was really young? How did that start for you? Well, I, I knew that I was busy with him, that he kept me very, very busy. And I knew that I was tired, that he was my only child. And um, we were going through some big stuff. And I just thought, oh, well, it's, it's not, you know, not to be, um, it, it could be expected, right? Not a surprise. Um, I was a single mom at the time. So just thought I came with the job description, really. Um, but some of my earliest clues there was when he was two years old, he got invited to not return to his first daycare. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, you know that was that was one of the earliest clues for me was that something was different with my child at the time I just thought oh maybe bad match or what have you but yeah this poor woman came to the door when I went to pick him up and she was crying and she said I've never had to say this to a mom in the 16 years I've been doing this uh, I can't I can't look after your son mm -hmm. and uh, so okay. Marlies what was your what was your process after that where, where did you start finding help or where did you start, you know, searching for diagnosis and that kind of thing? Um, I went to my family doctor first uh, and um, got things checked, you know, physically. It does his hearing work is, you know, all the, all the pieces that are there. Um, we then asked, um, I asked my doctor to send us to a pediatrician. Um, and the pediatrician was really engaging. So my son was about five, six years old at this time. Um, pediatrician was really engaging, uh, and my son's super bright, like really advanced language skills and such, and sat down with him one-on-one, -on -one, went through some testing, and at the end of it, he goes, your son's fine. Your son's fine. There's nothing wrong with your son. And I'm like, are you, are you sure? Because <laughs> he's been wow. Daycare. He's been kicked out of another one. Like I have to attend. I had to attend kindergarten with them to keep him in the classroom until they could bring in supports for him. And uh, I said, I feel like I have to parent him with, you know, like. And I put my arms out and sort of motioned him pinging off my arms. I said, I feel like I have to parent him like this because he was so busy. He was just like one thing to the other to the other. And he goes, Oh, well, then it's your parenting. Oh my like, goodness! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and literally by this point, I'd gone far enough along in the journey. We'd had enough people stepping in to help. I'd had enough supports to realize that, like I said, while my parenting may not have been perfect, I couldn't be doing it that wrong. And uh, so I had enough um, sort of strength to go back to my doctor and go, so that was not a fit. I'm not fooling around anymore. Like send me to BC Children's Hospital. And we took my son to the ADHD clinic there and, uh, and started from there. So, it, it, and that was just the start of a journey. That was just the uh, a beginning piece. Uh, they were there for a couple of years. So, so well, when he when he was going there, was that like a is that a a day program thing? Like, is he there every day, or is it just a how does how does that work? Uh, we went to the ADHD clinic, so it's an outpatient clinic, and so uh, we went through a, a series of assessments. So it was just appointments, long appointments, um, drive there for the appointment and then head on home again. Um, so yeah, the, uh, at one point he was, um, they were hoping to hospitalize him when we hit crisis in grade four. 
um, but there wasn't room at the hospital at the time that we were in crisis. So we did an at-home hospitalization pretty much. We were in um, contact with a psychiatrist multiple times throughout the day. So you got to get creative sometimes. Yeah, for sure. What I'm curious about in this, in this story then is uh, you, it was through this and through you kind of understanding some of his, you know, his feelings and reactions that led you to realize that you had some of these qualities yourself when you were younger. Um, how, well, and even as how, an, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I'm, I'm always curious with this because we have parents who are helping kids with great deal of anxiety and the parents of course are being triggered too by this. So like during this whole time, what are you doing for yourself to, to kind of stay on the rails? Yeah. Well, what I know about parents like, like us and my, myself is that we can really white knuckle it through the hard times. Um, and I found that I could. So when we were in crisis, I could like head down, knuckle through it, you, you know, find the supports, make the connections, do the advocacy, get the plans in place, you know, keep my son safe, all of those pieces. And when the pressure let off, that's when I would crash. And that's when I really started noticing that these pieces that were um, sort of low grade things that I went through, you know, even as a young adult, um, would flare up. And there was a point in time um, after my son's big crisis where my world started to get really small. My anxiety started to crop up. I, I couldn't, I'd have difficulty leaving the house. I'd have difficulty going to the mall, um, using public facilities, touching door handles, all of these things. And um, I was, by this point in time, I was married again. And uh, my husband at the time would had to, was picking up more and more things like he would have to go do the grocery shopping. He would have any of those going out things. Um, so that was one of the ways that I noticed that this, oh, okay, no, I'm, I am dealing with full on levels of anxiety here. Um, mm -hmm. And so what was your, what's your, what did, did you work with uh, family smart in terms of being a parent in residence too, before you went and started working with them? Yes. So I'd reached out for supports um, when my son was probably grade six or grade seven. So a year or two after our big crisis, um, I reached out for, for help because we had all the help that the community could give us and I could still feel them slipping. And I'm like, okay, I, I gotta, I gotta try something else. So I connected and that it made a huge difference. Um, and then uh, I was supported as a parent for a couple of years. And then one day I just sort of offered to volunteer to support something. And the, the person who was supporting me at that time said, actually, I wanted to talk to you about that. And yeah. That was 11 years ago. I've been working with them for 11 years now. So, Wow, that's incredible. So you were, I guess, for all intents and purposes, a star, a star student um, within that process, or, or you, you got it, you got it. Because I, I, I don't think that everybody that gets treated for anxiety, gets helped with anxiety, necessarily is cut out to go and take on other people's problems. Um, because you have to have this ability to compartmentalize. And what kind of challenges is that for you in terms of going and dealing with other families? Uh, is that, does that trigger you? Does that help you? How does that work with you? Um, well, yeah, I think compartmentalization may be a good word here. Like it's sort of, um, I get so much out of my work. It's, it's something that uh, I feel really good about. I want to connect with families and help them see that there are things that may be able to help, help them know that they're not alone. I, we thought 
we were the only ones in all of BC going through what we were going through and certainly the only ones in our community. Um, and to re learn that there was another mom who had such a similar story to mine and that she had enough to sort of, I, I always say, you know, put on matching clothes and, and help somebody else. I, <laughs> I realized I need to know what, what she's doing. Um, and so that's, that's what I'm hoping to help provide to other parents who lean in. And now most of my job is focused internally. So I'm supporting parents and youth and residents like myself who are out there in their communities or in their um, workplaces uh, supporting families. So, yeah, well, that's, that's incredible. It's fabulous yeah. work, and it, obviously. Uh, yeah. And it, it can be a trigger. It can, it can bring things, but it's, we talk so much about self-care in our work. Um, and that has been a huge learning journey for me. Um, learning about, okay, what, what are the boundaries? What do I need to keep myself well? What do I need to keep myself um, moving forward? Um, okay, things are getting a little big right now. What do I need to, to take care of myself? Do I need to connect with a counselor? Do I need to lean back on my spiritual practice or my meditation practice? What, what pieces of self-care mm -hmm. do and, I And so what, you know, just out of curiosity, like what is your you know, okay, you had a hard day, you're feeling a lot of anxiety, you kind of feel yourself going down that slippery slope a little bit. Mm -hmm. What's your go-to in terms of those tools? Do you have one that you instantly go to and like, that's that? Or, you know, do you slowly start working on something again? Um, I think it's so multifaceted. It's hard for me to sort of pick one piece. If, if it is, if there's one piece that I do go to, it's, it's leaning back on my boundaries. Okay, where have I let my boundaries go right now? What have I... What am I, where am I spending too much energy right now? Am I, am I um, overextending myself somewhere? Okay, I'm going to pull it back in a little bit now. Um, and I think that that's one of my big self-care pieces. Yeah, boundaries is a big one, uh, it seems like, with anxiety too. I mean, people, and you know, somebody like you who, who has this empathy and has this desire to want to help people, um, you, you can't very much help somebody if you're not, if you're pushing those boundaries and you're not feeling like you're looking after yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I guess I'm wondering so, sort of, if you don't mind me asking, where are things at with your son now? Yeah. Um, I'm glad you asked. I'm excited about, about where he's at. So he's, uh, he's now a young man. Um, he graduated from high school. He's uh, decided to start post-secondary. He's going into psychology. He's taking a little break right now because he's not, he knows that his learning style isn't conducive with online learning. Um, uh, he's tra gone traveling with friends. He's got great relationships. Uh, he's a pretty well-balanced young man uh, who's still, you know, he needs his medication. He needs to watch how he's looking after himself. He games way too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but he's doing pretty well. He still does live with me, but he's he's um, been uh, a few months ago. He was talking about moving out with some friends. And so, yeah, he's for all intents and purposes, he's doing very well. But this this whole process through the years, like having him um, right from the get go when we started searching for supports and talking to him about it. And letting him know that, um, you know, in my work that I talk about his strengths, what he's learned, what we've learned together, um, and, and reflecting and feeding that back to him has made him um, really strong in so many skills in looking after himself. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting so because, uh, 
sorry, a yeah. lot of people that, that uh, a lot of kids and a lot of people that go through, like what I'm finding is that, is that, um, you know, if you want to talk about a curve, uh, like my curve for me is like, I didn't really start learning about anxiety until I was like in my forties. Like I knew I had it. I, I had seasons, but I didn't start really taking it. Okay. This is here for good. I got to learn how to deal with it. Yeah. I'm finding a lot of people, a lot of kids who are kind of at that age or younger and have parents like us who have been, you know, sort of through that anxiety a little bit. What, what I find really heartening is that they're getting to, they're getting to this curve earlier and they're kind of going out in the world already with a lot in place. I mean, that's obviously thanks to, to determined good parenting. Mm, or good enough parenting, I like to say, yes. <laughs> I told them long ago, I went, you know, I've got to make mistakes, honey, because you're going to feel really silly when you're 40, sitting in front of your therapist and have nothing to talk about. Like you just, you know, <laughs> favors by the mistakes I make. So. I love it. I, yeah, we, yeah, of course. I mean, it's just assumed that we're going to take, we're going to take the heat when all our kids are in counseling, you know, yeah. my, uh, yeah, for, for sure. We're going to, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I can handle it. My mother can handle it. It's interesting. I had the same, I was lucky. My mother was pretty enlightened when I was like, uh, you know, in my late teens when I was really going through it and she, she really helped out, but you know, it's interesting talking to you and hearing about the, the, a, there's an old saying in this, in one of the states, I don't know if it's an old saying, but you can't have more than one person out of, out of the boat at a time. <laughs> yeah. And, and as, the, as reflecting back on, on what you're saying about when you're, uh, when you were helping your son, you, you were a single parent, you couldn't be out of the boat. You, you had yeah. no options. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's great. And then when you're, you know, when you're, you, you're remarried and your husband, uh, you know, you were out of the boat a little bit. And he was in the boat doing some of that stuff. And it's really amazing how it's important to lean on people to help you through those times. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and creating that community of, because you can't just, well, I found that it was better to have more than one person to lean on in different roles, different pieces. And then we can do that for each other. Right. And so creating that community of support. Well, yeah. You, and you can't just lean on one person because what if that person's out of the boat? Yeah. <laughs> then you're really in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I've got, I've got a bunch. Um, and, and, um, you know, I think, uh, I, I really, you know, I talk to people who have experienced so much and then are giving so much back like you. And it's, it's always, um, I'm, I'm always incredibly, you know, impressed by the fact that you are taking it further and really affecting people. Mm, I just, I know how much it helped us. It, it changed our path um, yeah. by finding the pieces that were helpful by learning how to advocate and, and have people lean in instead of lean away. Um, that was a huge turning point for me um, and, and learning the skills that I could then share with my son. So my son went from someone who in elementary and middle school would throw furniture and have to have classrooms um, evacuated to in high school, um, uh, another student got in his face and he came home telling me about this really bad day he had. And, you know, so-and-so got right up in my face. And I'm like, oh, geez, oh, my goodness. You know, the, the phone's going to ring. There's going to be meetings. And we were doing so well. Mm -hmm. And he goes, so I said to the person, you know, um, I can hear you're really frustrated right now. So if you just want to take a deep breath, I'd be really happy to talk to you about it. And I'm like, what? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> 
so amazing. That is, I mean, that's you. I, you, you must have gone from your your range of emotions in that like ten second period must have been remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I was calculating his age and like at what age did the police get called? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be knocking on the door to like, let's throw a parade. Cause that's just freaking. excuse me. That's just really incredible. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that is remarkable. And that's like, that is a big victory because it sounds to me like, you know, I, I I'm an advocate. I, I uh, I'm a champion with anxiety Canada. That's why I do this podcast. And our foundation is cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. And that's just a classic, like, uh, quick interpretation of a situation and, and reacting in such an appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, somewhere he, he picked up that ability, you know, with you and with people who have helped him. And, and I just love that there's this whole infrastructure that helps, you know, t- like literally to sound cliche, takes a village yeah. to, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And the changes can be so incrementally small that you don't, when you're in it, you don't even notice all the time that it's changing, that it's shifting, that things are moving in a better direction. Uh, and it's and it's always, you know, it can be two steps forward, three steps back sometimes, but there's still that forward motion or had been, you know, we were lucky in that it had been that way for us, so. Yeah, and especially yeah. if you're that close to the situation, I mean, that's another good point is you have to be patient because when you're right there, uh, you know, working with your child, um, you're essentially, you're watching a kettle boil. Like for you, like nothing's happening almost. Uh, but if you were to, you know, see your child at age five and then, and then see your child at age 18, it'd be like, wow, what an incredible change. But yeah, you're so close to the situation that you don't always see it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think parents have to give themselves credit. If parents are, if parents are trying or aware at all, that, that's like 95% of the game. You know, if you have empathy or understanding, it's a 95% of the game. Yes. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And then there's, and then for uh, the, the help and stuff, there's people like you, there's family smart. Uh, it's familysmart.ca. And um, by all means, if you're, if you're a parent listening to this, you know, go to the website, get in touch and, uh, and get involved. But Marlies, I, uh, I'm going to let you go, but I, I have to thank you. What an incredible story and, you know, what an incredible success story. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love what you guys are doing. So I appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk with me today. I, I love meeting people and, and I, I've really enjoyed meeting you. So best luck in the future and maybe we'll talk again. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Take care. You too. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our anxiety stories. If you'd like to support this podcast or Anxiety Canada, go to anxietycanada.com.